Good morning. Don't know how many of you know Paul Worley. He's one of the eloquent ministers of our conference, now retired. A deep, sonorous voice, very effective speaker. And so often, on a morning like this, he would become eloquent and say, I saw God wash the world last night. A poem that many of you are familiar with. Wish I had his eloquence and wish I knew the words to the poem because it's so appropriate this morning. God washed the world so beautifully and was magnificent this morning as we all came to church. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And if you are a visitor, we want you to know that you've just become a member of our family. We don't allow strangers among us. You become a friend and a part of the family when you walk through the doorway. So we want you to feel a full part of our worship this morning. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. With that simple statement, God laid claim to all the things that belong to him. He didn't give it to us outright. He made us caretakers. He made us caretakers and we have come claim jumpers trying to take for ourselves the things that belong to God. That's why Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden that and simply that, nothing more. God said, let us take them out of the garden, build a fence around it, lest they take over the trees and eat the fruit of life. The first sin committed was looking at what God had planted in the garden and said, Keep your hands off. This isn't yours. And they couldn't wait till they got their hands on it and took it for themselves. And that alienated mankind from God. And it's been a problem that we've been facing from that moment to the present of trying to take for ourselves the things that belong to God. Everything that he created belongs to him. We are merely the caretakers. Jesus told a parable about that. The central figures in the parable were himself and the Father. He said there was a landowner who fenced in a piece of his prime land and planted a vineyard there, and he cared for it, and the vineyard began to grow. And he brought in a caretaker and he said, now I'm going to put it in your hands. I've done everything that's necessary in order for it to be a beautiful producing garden. You take care of it. And with that, the landowner left. And when it was time for the fruit to ripen, he sent a servant and he said, now that you have cared for the land and it has produced, give to my servant a part of the fruits that belong to me. 
But the caretaker decided that he wanted it all for himself. And so he stoned the servant and drove him out of the garden. And the landowner sent another. He received the same treatment. Another servant was sent. And finally he killed the servant and said, This will teach him that this belongs to me and I don't want any more claims upon what is rightfully mine. And the landowner said, He has treated my servants cruelly. I'll send my son. When he looks into the face of my son, he'll realize that this belongs to me, not to him. And he will surrender to me what is rightfully mine. And so he sent his son. And the caretaker said, Aha, here's the heir. Let's kill him and then it will belong to us altogether. The caretaker tried to take it over. But Jesus said, What do you think happened? The landowner returned took it away from the caretaker and punished the caretaker for what he had done. Last Sunday was Earth Day. We were reminded last Sunday how God put the world in our hands to take care and how we have abused it. How we have filled the atmosphere with gases that destroy the ozone layer that protects us from the sun itself. How we have polluted the rivers and the mountains and acid rain has consumed our agriculture. How we poisoned the soil so that the fruits of the soil poison us. We were sensitized to that last week when we celebrated Earth Day. Today is Soil Conservation Sunday. Alan Thomas said, won't you say something about preserving our soil? Yes. Our livelihood depends upon our taking care of the soil. And God made us caretakers of the soil. But as we look at the world, all that is within it and ourselves, it can be simply put, if God created it, it belongs to Him, not us. We are the caretakers and we must answer for the way that we care for that which has been put into our keeping. We are caretakers of the world that God created, how proud he was. When the historical writer told us about God creating the world, he said, God flung light out into space and stood back and said, it's good. And he hung each of the stars in its proper place. And he let night fall. And he stood back and he looked at the heavens filled with bright lights. And he smiled and he said, it's good. And he took the soil of the earth and rolled it into a ball in the palms of his hands. And with his fingertips he made the crevices for the valleys. And he opened the spaces for the seas. And he put the clouds in the sky and let the rain come to fill the lakes and the rivers. And he watched the trees grow and the birds fly. And God stood back and said, I like it. I've created a beautiful thing. I'm proud of what I've done. 
And then a momentous decision. What will I do with all this beauty? I'll make a man and a woman and I'll put them there to take care of it, to enjoy it, to take the fruits of what I have created and use it for themselves. I'll share it with a man and a woman. He made us caretakers of the world. Yesterday morning I had a meeting in Gatlinburg and as I drove from here to Gatlinburg, the rain poured down. I could hardly see how to drive. It was falling so heavily on my windshield. And as I looked around, all I could see was falling rain. No tree, no mountain, no house. It was just falling rain and a windshield wiper giving me momentary vision to keep driving down the road. I sat for about two hours in a meeting and then started homeward. And then I walked out the clouds had lifted. It wasn't raining any longer. And as I drove back, the mountains were razor sharp. You could count the trees on the pinnacles. And the clouds, the slate sky had rolled up into beautiful white buffeted pillows. And they rolled aimlessly against the blue sky. And the mist rose out of the valleys against the mountains as great columns of white smoke. It was the most beautiful scene one can ever look upon, the great smoky mountains after a rain. And I kept driving. And suddenly I looked at the roadside and there were six garbage containers, brown from rust, from having been burned, a pale wisp of blue smoke was rising up from them. There were people digging in the garbage, dragging out pieces and putting it in their car. And there was litter all over the ground and a terrible smell. And I knew that the plastics and the styrofoam and all the other poisonous things dumped in that container was now being converted into gases and filling the nostrils of people and killing the sensitivity within them. And I couldn't help but look to see what God had done and what we're doing. And the other day I drove in from Morristown and I came by Douglas Dam. And I looked over that beautiful water lying out as a great table under the shadows of the mountains. And along all the edges were white cups of styrofoam, filth, cans floating. We were destroying the most beautiful thing that we could never create, that God created. We are trying our best to tear it up and make it ugly. And God said to the caretaker, he's abused what I put in his hands. Take it away from him and punish him. We're caretakers of what God has put in the world. People. We abuse one another. The foulest word in the human language is the word prejudice. Where we condemn people because of reasons that are not their own. Because of prejudging attitudes that keep us from loving people and caring for people. 
Prejudice because people are rich. Prejudice against people that are poor. Prejudice against people of another religion. Prejudice against people of another color. Whatever it is that causes us to be separated from our fellow man, we are abusing the thing that God gave us a responsibility to care for. We are the caretakers of people of one another. One of the earliest dialogues with God came from one of the children who, when asked about his brother, said, Am I my brother's keeper? And we know the answer. It's been proven from that moment down. God made us caretakers of one another. George Washington Carver was working at Tuskegee Institute as a scientist discovering magnificent things at a paltry salary. He was there in order to lift his own kind out of the poverty that was the outgrowth of slavery. And because of his brilliant mind, he was offered a position in the General Electric Company at a magnificent figure. And when he turned it down, he was asked, why would you turn down a figure like this and stay at a paltry salary where you are? And he said, because I'm giving my life to lift the quality of life of my people. And the question came, then why can't you earn the money and share it with them? And he said, if I earn the money, I might not want to share it. We have so much in our hands with which to do and are unwilling in order to make the world better for us all. Not only people, but nations as well. But listen. The earth is the Lord's. The fullness of the earth is the Lord's. And the people that dwell therein is the Lord. You belong to God, and he has never relinquished that. Paul said, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. We who claim the rights to abuse ourselves because I belong to me and I can do with myself whatever I wish, is claim jumping on God because we belong to God not to ourselves. That means more to God than anything. What are you going to do with yourself over which I make you caretaker? The most valuable gift that God gave each of us is our mind. It is that part of our body that allows us to think and reason and decide, to identify people to communicate with people without a mind would be nothing but an animal acting on instinct, but he gave us a mind. God someday is going to ask, what did you do with the mind I gave you? And he's going to say, I made you caretakers of your time. How have you spent your time? God laid down one law. He said, you give me one-seventh of your time. He said, the seventh day is to be made holy. He didn't say how you were to use it. He said you were to make it holy. 
The seventh day is a holy day and is to be used as a holy day. And one day that we may, one way we make it holy is by doing what we're doing right now, calming and worshiping the one who gave us the day to live. How we use our time is important to God. And we must use time to grow by thinking and meditating and praying and reading and searching. There must be spiritual disciplines in our lives for the good use of our time and the other time spent on worthy things. John Wesley so programmed his life that he didn't have any time to waste. He knew the value of time and he wasn't going to let any of it be wasted. And he made it mandatory that every minister who becomes ordained in his church is instructed, you are not to waste time. You are not to be involved in little things, but worthwhile things. It was one of the disciplines on which our church was built. A discipline on which the ministry of Christ was built as he revealed to us the way that he spent his time. And if you're sitting smelling the roses, it's a good use of your time because it's preparing you for getting out and doing something about it. The greatest loss of resources in the world is the time that we waste that could be rightfully used. And we've been made caretakers of our resources. Someone said, I know what judgment day is. It's when God says, pull out your checkbook and let's see how you used it. More can be said about a person's spiritual life by his checkbook than anything else. Because that reflects the priorities. God said 10% of it It's supposed to come to me right off the top. You can decide what to do with the rest. And you'll use the rest wisely. But 10% of it is mine from the very beginning. And many of us tip our waiters in the restaurants more than we tip God. You see, you just can't get away. By using your material things for yourself. Because they don't belong to you. They belong to God. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures on earth. They do you no good. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And that pauper laid to rest with riches in heaven now has a reversed role And the admiration gained by one on earth is lost. And the pity for the other is gained. And Jesus told a story about it. The rich man and the beggar who begged at his gate. And death came. And the beggar at the gate was in the arms of Abraham. And the sun was shining all about him. And the flowers were blooming. And the rich man was begging for a drop of water. To put on his tongue. God laid claim to what belongs to him. And he said. Take care of it. 
And that's the best news that he could give us.